Hi, we'd like to welcome you to Living Water Christian Center Church, where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. We bring you greetings from our pastors, Pastor Theodore A. Faison and Pastor Linda Faison. We pray that you are blessed by the powerful word that's about to go forth. We ask that you continue to like, comment, and share. God bless you. Amen, amen. Jesus deserves all the worship, all the honor, all the praise, the glory, uh, our offerings, our sacrifices, our devotion, everything we have. We owe it to him because he is the Lord. Amen. We thank God today. We're just grateful to be here with you from the Living Water Church in East Orange on Pastor Faison. Before we get started, I just want to make a quick public service announcement. Uh, we just want to encourage you, if you haven't done already, to go ahead and vote. Um, your vote counts. It matters. Also, since we turned our clocks back, it's a good time to check the batteries in your smoke detectors. Okay, so check those batteries. Make sure those smoke detectors are going to work for you. Hopefully you don't have to use them. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for allowing us this time of fellowship, this time of worship, this time of gathering in your name from different places, but yet in your presence. And we're so grateful today. We ask that you speak your word to your people, that we who have ears will hear with the Spirit of God saying unto the churches. Meet the needs of your folk, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Now we ask you, touch our ears, teach us to listen. Touch our eyes that we might perceive Christ. We thank you for these things even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful for the ministry that went forth in the last three weeks um, by the ministers, the elders here at the Living Water Church. We thank God for you. And we just, I was getting used to it. Praise the Lord, but we're back. And, um, we're happy to be back, praise the Lord. We're going to be doing a quick study in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. Some have even called this the gospel according to Isaiah, because it is about Jesus. And that's what we're about to, amen? Amen. amen. So in Isaiah 53, um, it's, it's going to give us the gospel message, praise God. And it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord represents his power, his salvation, his blessings, right? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. And he has no form of comeliness. Comeliness is beauty or being handsome. No form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, I find it so fascinating that we're talking about Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, coming into the world. You know, it's, it's almost the holiday season. Um, we're going to have Thanksgiving and Christmas and all, and there's going to be a lot of talk about the Advent, about the Christ coming into the world. And so I, I'm thinking that if, if that was me, well, it could have been me, but if I had a choice, I would come in here looking like Absalom. You know, big time handsome and stuff like that, all the hair and all the stuff. But the, it says that the Christ had no form of comeliness, no beauty that we should desire him. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he looked like a regular guy. 
He did not stand out. Matter of fact, even when he was betrayed in the garden by Judas, they, he had to point out to the people which one was him, which one was Jesus. So he, had to, he said, the one I kissed, that's the one you take. Okay? And so he had no form of company, there's no beauty that we should desire him. And it says, verse 3, it said, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Jesus was rejected. Despite all the crowds that pressed against him, and all the people that came to hear a word from him, and all those who desired him to, to, um, to heal and deliver, and, and all the work that he did, and all the pop, um, excuse me, all the popularity that he had, at one point, yet he was despised by people. Remember, when we celebrate Palm Sunday, we talk about how the folks cried out to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, and then within a week's time, the same crowd was crying out, crucify him, crucify him, all right? So he was despised, he was rejected, and he was considered a blasphemer, a liar, a cheater, a wine liver, he was, you know, he was considered all these things. But we know, we know who he really is, amen? Look what it says here. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4 says, Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. So what it's saying here that we said, uh, whoever we are, we said that he got what he deserved. Think about that. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I could become the righteousness of God in him. So, he, the people are saying he's getting what he deserves. You know, um, that's why they say crucify him. He's getting what he deserves, but actually, he's getting what we deserve. Alright? He took on our sorrow. Well, we're going to read that he, took, he bore our griefs and sorrows and pain and, and judgment, especially our judgment, okay? And so it says he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, and we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God. So if the Lord is doing this to him, he's getting what he got. Excuse me. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of his peace, of our peace, was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And I thank God today. And this is, you know, we, we want to preach positive messages and want people to be encouraged. And I turn on the TV and I want to hear some of that good word and say, oh yeah, this is going to change on your behalf. This is going to be different. And your future is better than what you're present in. You know, I, I like that stuff too. Amen. But every once in a while, we need to go back and look at this. Why do we have all this positivity? Because of what Jesus did. Amen. Because of the things he suffered. Yeah. Because of the price he paid. You know, and, and it's more than just being, you know, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to have faith. I want you to be strengthened. I want you to have security. Right? But we have to sometimes go back and look at what he did because of our sin. Amen. We were sinners. We were without strength, without a covenant, 
without God, and Jesus provided all this for us. We, verse 6 says, we, all we like sheep have gone astray, and he turned, and we turned, everyone his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So God the Father laid on the Son all our iniquity. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In other words, he didn't defend himself. Now, I don't know about you, but I know how I feel when people accuse me of stuff I didn't do. You know, I feel some kind of way. I want to, I want to be vindicated. I want to be represented. I want to speak up, and I want to say some things to those individuals, right? But Jesus being accused of something he did not do, taking on the sins he did not commit, you know, experiencing all the punishment and judgment that belongs to others, namely us, he did it quietly. Even when he was questioned by, by, the, elders, by the elders and Pilate and different ones, you know, when, let me say this. When he stood before the elders of Israel and they questioned him, he showed them respect. You know, he, he's the Lord of Lords. He's the living God. Yet he showed these men respect because of the office that they held. Not because of their character. That's a different lesson altogether. Right? You remember, just, just a side note, respect people's office despite how you feel about their character and their person. Amen? Amen. But he gave them respect. He showed them respect, you know, because they were the elders of the people. Okay? And when he talked, even when he talked with Pilate and when he was questioned, the most, he didn't say that much. He did say, my kingdom is not of this world. Because if it was, my servants would come and fight for me. You know, he said things like that. But he did not do a lot of talking, and he never, he never defended himself. Okay? But it says here that he, opened, that he didn't open his mouth. He didn't talk. He didn't, he didn't rebuke people for what they thought of him. You know, I would be arguing. Uh, I'd be saying, whoa, you got this wrong. Wait a minute. You know, I, I'd be saying stuff like that. I'd be, you know, pushing back on some of the comments that I disagree with. But Jesus didn't do that because he was, he was there for a purpose. And by the way, he, he wasn't taken necessarily, and he wasn't forced to do anything necessarily. He laid down his life, the Bible says. Jesus said, I lay down my life. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it back up. Okay? All right, so look what it says. But verse 8 says he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? In other words, who's going to defend him? Nobody defended him, right? He was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich and at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. You know, so he, he, imagine this righteous man, the man Christ Jesus, falsely accused, all right? Um, he 
he submits himself to the judgment of the people. Okay? He submits himself to the kangaroo court. He, when he was taken from the garden, all night long, he was tortured. He was abused. He was deprived. Because what, the, what they used to do back in the day, they would beat you until you confess your, your crime. But he had no crime to confess. So they had to keep on whipping on him. You know, if you saw that movie, The Passion of Christ, even that movie had to be toned down a little bit. All right? Else it would not be viewable. Okay? So, and all the things that the Christ, Jesus the Christ, went through on our behalf because of our sin. He went through all these things. And yet, look at verse 10. It says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Wow. In other words, it, it says it pleased the Lord. It's not that the Lord gets pleasure in this. It's more like it appeased the Lord. Okay? Because somebody, because sin has to be judged. The wages of sin is death. Right? And sin is judged. And the righteous God has to judge our sin. Sin is missing the mark, by the way. And all the things we've done wrong and all the crimes we commit and all the errors and all the bad decisions we made, that stuff has to get judged. Right? But instead of him judging us, it appeased the Lord. To appease means to, to make, you, make you feel better. You ever been so angry with somebody? You ever been so upset and so disappointed? And then um, something happens, there's a, there's a gift or there's a, a change or there's an understanding and you feel better and you get appeased. Okay? It appeased the Lord to bruise him because he, he, was, he has put him to grief and when you make his soul an offering for sin, sin has to be satisfied. Right? And so righteousness has to be satisfied and sin has to be judged. That's what happened here. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. All right? So here's what happens. Righteous judge has to judge sin. Sin has to be judged. There's no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Sins have to be judged, and the judgment of sin is death. All right? It doesn't matter the type of sin that, that you want to talk about. There's some things, there's some horrible things that happened in the world, and that may have happened, that you may have witnessed personally. And there's some things where you say, well, they need to go to jail. They need to be judged. They need to be in court. And just recently, there's protests saying, accuse these, put them in court, do something with these people that committed these same acts, okay? And so it's the same way with us. Because of who we are, because of what we've done, uh, we have to be judged. But he took on the judgment, which is a beautiful thing. He took on the judgment, and the righteous judge is saying, this is good, this satisfies the requirement. Amen. Amen. So I'm not paying the requirement for my sin. Though I deserve it, I'm not paying. Okay, and so there's a movie. There's a movie. Um, what the Wonder Woman movie and the soldiers are together, and they was giving each other a toast, and they say, "May we get what we want? May we get what we need?"
but may we never get what we deserve. And I feel like that too. May I never get what I really deserve. And I thank God through Jesus Christ, I don't have to worry about that. Right, so let me read this to you again. Yet it pleased, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. In other words, the Lord is, is changed. Not that he's changed, that, but he's appeased, and the situation is better, and God is satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, this was written some hundreds of years before that. And here's the good stuff. And he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. We are the many. For he shall bear their iniquities, our iniquities. Okay? Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. <laughs> and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Praise God. So he poured, it says he poured out his soul. He poured himself out like an offering. Okay? Um, you know, when the, the, in the tabernacle worship and the, and the temple worship, they made offerings. And so they would take innocent animals and kill them to, to appease the righteousness and appease the, to appease the judgment of God. So instead of me having to pay for the sin, my, my payment was to get this animal, this, this lamb, this bull, this turtle dove, whatever, whatever the requirement was, and, and shed their blood. Yes. So, so I don't have to pay with my own. Right? Now, since what Jesus has done, he has provided the way, according to what it says in the, in the book of Hebrews, is that his, his sacrifice is once and for all. There's no more sacrifices to be made. We make the sacrifice of praise and, and worship and service and things like that. But there's no more shedding blood for sin because he shed the blood once and for all. Right? And Isaiah is talking about it. And he's writing about it like it already happened. <laughs> he's writing the past tense, but he's prophesying future. All right, it's past tense for us, but he's prophesying in the future stuff. And so we don't have to worry about these things, thank, thank God. We have a high priest. Lord. We, he, he makes sacrifices. He don't have to sacrifice for himself. When Aaron was the high priest, he had to make a sacrifice for himself. He had prepared himself to go into the holy place and then the holy of holies, which represented the presence of God. He had to make himself ready. You, you know you and I do. The Bible says we go boldly to the throne of grace. Yes. And we receive forgiveness of sin. Yes. And we find grace to help us in time of trouble. <laughs> we have it so much better than the Old Testament saints have. We have it so much better because of what Jesus Christ has done. All right? And so, and so we, we, that's why we celebrate him. You know, when we get around to... Um, talk about Christmas and, and the Resurrection Sunday, you know, people call it Easter, and different things like that. We have so much more to celebrate that we don't have to wait for these holidays to celebrate Jesus. Because of what he's done. Because of who he is. 
You know, of course it says in, in the first chapter of the Gospel of John that he's Lord. Yes. He's God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory as the only begotten of the Father. And he is the only begotten. He's the only natural born son of the Father. <laughs> now you and I are sons and daughters, but we've been adopted, which is cool too. Thank God. Because once you're adopted, you're one. Change your name, get the inheritance, if there's an inheritance, whatever you got. If you're adopted into a family, you're part of that family. And praise God, I know some folks have been adopted, and they were adopted young, and they, they even started looking like people and acting like them. You know, it's a spiritual thing. I said, wow, you can't hardly tell sometimes, you know, unless there are different races that adopt. But you know what, what the Lord has done for us? He adopted us. We have the spirit of adoption. Right? So he took us in. He, he gave us his name, gave us his spirit, gave us the inheritance. We share the inheritance that Jesus has. Right? We share that. We have the same sonship, or if you're a daughter, the same sonship or daughtership, if that's a word. All right? We have the same, we have that stuff. Whatever Jesus is to the Father, we became that too. Praise God. Of course, none of us become gods. Amen? But we are sons. It says, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We're, we're called that. We are addressed that way. We, we have that designation. The designation as the sons of God. You know? And it says, I'm not sure when we shall appear. <laughs> but when he appears, <laughs> we're going to be like him. We're going to see him as he is. You know? You know, the word also says in there somewhere that the world does not know us. They don't know us. They don't recognize us. Folks on your job and in your school and some of your family members don't even realize who you are. They don't. They just, they don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. Well, Audrey Krauss said, you, you'll never know that's true until it happens to you. <laughs> and it's so true. Amen. They don't get it. But I'm so grateful today. Amen? So we're so grateful. So we look at these scriptures. This is the gospel according to Isaiah. But we want to look at Philippians chapter 2 that says something similar. Something similar. Actually it says the same thing, but it's much shorter. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul's talking to the saints at Philippi, trying to get them to humble themselves and be a you know, service and things like that. But we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery or something to be grasped, to be equal with God. You know why? Because the Son is equal with the Father. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Spirit is God. There's only one God. Okay. You do the math. It doesn't work out when you calculate it, does it? Uh, it's a spiritual thing, you know? It's a mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness, the Bible says. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and received. All right? So look, look what it says. Being in the form of God, then I considered robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation. Another translation says he emptied himself out. Taken on the form of a bond servant. That's us. 
and coming in the likeness of men, coming in human likeness. He was fully human, fully divine and fully human. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself, I like to say he further humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, the point of death, even the death of the cross. Oh my God, not just any of death, right? Not, not just a murder, not just the um, natural causes, yes. not just an ordinary execution. Glory. Yes. But he went to the cross, man. Hallelujah. He went to the cross. Yes. And we look through history, and of all the ways of, of executing people, you know, when you got electric chair, you got gas chambers, you got the guillotine, you got different things, the cross is the most horrible one devised. Mm. You know, because the purpose of the cross, let me talk about this one moment, the purpose of the cross was for the, um, the accused, the convict, to live. You know what I'm saying? When they nail people to the cross, they nail them and they also tie them up in such a way that they could live there for a few days. Oh, my God. So when it says, even the death of the cross, it's, it's different. This is very different. Rome was horrible in that respect. And they made an example of their accused, of their convicts, they made an example of them so that so that they will people be fearful. Yeah, I'd be afraid of Rome too. I wouldn't mess with those people. If I see what they've done to others. Therefore, God has what look at this part here. God has highly exalted him. <laughs> Thank you. Giving him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those things in heaven and of those in earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's actually a quote out by Isaiah 63. So it says here that God has highly exalted him and given him a name. Now the name is not just your title. It's not just what we call people. Your name is your, your, your identity. It's your purpose. Your authority. Your character, that's your name. And the, the character and the authority and the purpose of Jesus Christ is above the character, authority, and purpose of anybody, any government, any authority, any, 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 anything. I can't even say the words correctly because it's so high. All right? There's no court. <laughs> there's, no, there's no kingdom. Right? There's no president. There's no nothing higher than Jesus. Right? He's the one. Right? He, he is the supreme. He is, he is the, when we study in the book of um, Colossians, it talks about him being preeminent over everything. Everything. Jesus is the only one, y'all. I mean, there's religions, and there's creeds, and there's beliefs. And there's different stuff that people attach themselves to and they join and they become part of that. But there's none of that that's high and as valuable and mighty as Jesus Christ. Who else, who else has the capacity to save everybody and anybody who comes to them? You know, your doctors can't do that. The, the, the government can't do that. Um, all the people we run to for help 
They can help us to a point, but none of them can save our souls. None of them can secure us. Only Jesus. And why? Because of what he did, what was written in Isaiah, was written in the Gospels, and was written in history. Because Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he died for our sins. Willingly. <laughs> they didn't just rough him up and take him. He submitted himself. Right? Because they tried to take him earlier, and he just walked away. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to throw him off a cliff or something. And he just walked away. Because it wasn't time. You know, he's a bad dude. <laughs> I shouldn't talk about the Lord like that, but he's a bad fellow. He's not to be messed with. That's right. That's right. Right? I mean, the, the demon-possessed man who people, they try to put chains on him, and he break the chains, and they try, to, they try to subdue him, and nobody can subdue him. And Jesus walks up in there, and he bows down, falls on his face, and cries out to him, why are you here? Are you here to tor torment us? The demons are crying out, recognizing who he is. Are you here to torment us before our time? Right? The devils, the devils are crying out in his presence. Right? The angels are on standby. My goodness. And he, he in, in all his humanness, he was disciplined enough to hold all that stuff back and lived his life out 33 years and, and then willingly submit himself to the stuff that he did not deserve. But the Bible does say, for the glory that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He even went as far as experienced separation from the Father. When he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I mean, that was a rhetorical question because he knew the answer. Right? But he experienced separation. Never had that experience before. And he went through all those things just so you and I could believe on him and be saved today. You could be saved today just for the answer. Yeah. You know, we put we put people through a whole lot of stuff. Oh, now you gotta do this and now you gotta do this, and you got this 12-step program, and you got this thing here. You, Jesus said, believe on me. Believe on me. He told the thief on the cross, he told that criminal that died on the cross next to him. Today you're gonna be with me in paradise. And that man, he didn't make any real confessions, he didn't join the church. He didn't do any works. He just acknowledged who he was. He says, we deserve this, but this is a righteous person. That's all he did. And we, we encourage you today. Acknowledge Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh my goodness. He, he don't, we don't, you know, we, we churchy. And we make, we want folks to do certain things and do things a certain way. But whosoever believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Believe on him. Trust him. You can be saved today. Saved from what, Pastor? Saved from your sins. 
You have sins. We all have sins. All have sinned to come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned, right? We've all missed the mark. We've all failed to meet the standard of righteousness. There's no one righteous outside of Jesus Christ. None righteous, no, not one. But if you would just consider who you are and consider yourself, and you know you need this, you know you need it. I don't care how well behaved you are and how people adore you and stuff like that. You need this stuff. And and the folks who who are not in that category of the well-behaved folks, <laughs> you know you need it too. Right? We don't have to tell you, we don't have to call out your troubles and your sins and your weaknesses and stuff like that. Because you know what they are. But we, what, what we do have to call out is that Jesus is your answer. Ask him to come into your life. All you got is as simple as, Lord, forgive me my sins coming my life. Do it by faith and you'll be saved today. Just for the ask. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now. Because you've given us an opportunity to be saved. To have sonship. You've given us an opportunity, Lord. To have right standing with you. And we thank you for it even now. We pray that the hearers of your word today will take advantage of this. And receive forgiveness of sins and help them for the time of trouble. We thank you for it even now. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. Thank you for your attention today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel like praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Pastor. Thank you for that word. Amen. Amen. A rich word this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. We praise God. We praise God. <laughs> Who have believed that report? Amen. I have. Amen. I'm a recipient of the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As pastor was uh, bringing the word and just thinking about when he said, you know, Jesus wasn't guilty, but I was. I was the one. Everything that they were accusing him of, hallelujah, those were the things we were guilty of. Hallelujah. Yet, he still, hallelujah, became obedient, the word of God, said unto death, even the death of the cross, because he loved us. Amen, amen. He told, the word of God says, he said, prepare me a body. I'll go, I'll go. Amen. And you know, Isaiah was, that was written 
at a time when men, I was thinking about that word, men received a, a atonement. They went in, Pastor talked about that. They went in to the temple to offer up sacrifice with the goats and, and the, the bulls and um, the priests went in and they would have bells on their feet and we would know that God would accept the sacrifice if they heard the bells. That meant the priest, it was acceptable to God at that time. But if it was not, you didn't hear anything. And, and the reason that they did this year after year was so that the presence of God would be with them. God would remain with them in the temple. God would be pleased that year with what they did. And they had to do it every year to have the, uh, the abiding, if you will, presence of God year after year. And I, but if you look with the new covenant, there's no atonement. There's remission, propitiation, hallelujah, because there's Jesus. The Bible refers to the perfect, behold, the Lamb of God. Not a lamb can't come from a farm, not from Jacob's farm, or not a cow that was raised by somebody else. But the scripture says, behold, the Lamb of which takes away the sins of the world so that atonement is not needed for me anymore because there was complete remission and the you know just oh my god that thing just resonated in me and not only is there remission <laughs> my sins aren't just taken away he didn't just uh, declare me not guilty Though I'm guilty, I'm not guilty. But he cleansed me, washed me with his blood, and then he put his spirit in me so that year after year, I don't have to make a sacrifice. I don't have to go into a Sin 
is abiding in us. And the Bible says he ever makes intercession. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that word brought tears to my eyes. Y'all, I, I, I know myself. I know what I'm worthy of. <laughs> and what Jesus did for me. And saints of God, he did that for you. Not only did he cleanse you of your sin, he is walking with you. He's in you. No matter what the world says, no matter what's going on, don't you ever doubt that the Lord is in you. And he put his word in your heart. You are in covenant relationship with him. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how lonely you feel. I don't care how isolated you are. I don't care if you're rejected by this person and that person. The Lord is with you. Don't you ever doubt that. And he's not just with you. He's doing this inside of you. Yes. You have power. Yes. He said, I'll give you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. Hallelujah. He did a great thing. People of God, be encouraged this morning. He did a great thing that we aren't deserving of. But we worship him. And Father, we thank you for the word of God that has gone out across the airways this morning, God. We pray that it has touched the hearts and the minds of your people and that your spirit will resonate inside of us and we would understand what you did made us your sons and your daughters. And in this world, we are more than
Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.